All right. When Velta was in Bible school, one of the things that that she's brought home to me, so to speak, uh, and one of the things that they taught her, and we know it's true in our own life, that they said repetition is theological mucilage. For you that don't know what mucilage is, it's glue. <laughs> so repetition is theological mucilage. We do it with our children. You know, don't touch that. It's hot. It's hot. It's hot. We repeat it, you know, that, till they understand uh, what it is. So teaching tools are not unusual. Our Catholic friends... Uh, years ago uh, wanted a tool and they came up with a rosary you hold a bead and you would say a Hail Mary you hold another bead you say another Hail Mary well that's evolved into a ritual but it was started off as a good thing as a teaching tool <clears throat> repetition is one of these things that we know our Jewish friends will never, ever let us forget the Holocaust of World War II. They, they just won't let us. And that's, that's not a bad thing. That keep bringing it to our mind and keep bringing it to our mind. Well, in this particular psalm, um, the word in, you have it there in front of you, uh, loving kindness. Uh, loving kindness is in the Old Testament. It's not in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, it's, it's there 183 times. 26 times in this one psalm. And you wonder sometimes, is the Lord trying to tell us something? You know, tell us something. <coughs> <coughs> The New American Standard, which I, I use, and you have it in front of you there, for his loving kindness is everlasting. If you have the ESV, it says, for his steadfast love endures forever. If you have the NIV, it says, his love endures forever. If you have New King James, it says, for his mercy endures forever. Loving kindness. Pat is on top of, of Google, and I asked her to look up a definition, and she's going to tell us what she found uh, via the Internet. Okay. Well, in, uh, in the secular world, it means tenderness and consideration towards others. Can you all hear me? Um, but it's um, the Hebrew word most translated loving kindness and I can't say this right but it's she said she said, and it means covenant loyalty while loving kindness can describe one person's uh, actions towards another it is most often used to describe the character of the Lord and it says um Loving kindness is God's kindness and steadfast love for his children, especially evident in his condescending to meet our needs. 
In scripture, he shows his loving kindness in saving his children from their enemies and delivering them from their troubles. God's loving kindness is abundant, great in extent, everlasting, and full of goodness. God's loving kindness, his steadfast loving actions on our behalf, knows no bounds. And in Psalm 57, it says, Your loving kindness is great to the heavens and your truth to the clouds. How, how do you spell the Hebrew? How spell what? How do you spell the Hebrew word for loving kindness? It's um, C-H-E-C-E-D. -C -E -E it says there's no English word that matches it. Yeah. So giving oneself fully with love and compassion. The first nine verses of this psalm is for us. Now we've often said, you know, that that this might not be written to us, but it's always for us. When we gave the introduction to Psalms, we said that the book of Psalms is a is Israel. It's it's all about Israel. It's all about David's um, <clears throat> David's problems and this psalm is uh, not attributed to him but uh, <clears throat> the last 10 from verse 10 through verse 26 the writer is giving milestones and like like uh, we, we've just said uh, they keep repeating it and repeating it, repeating it. Uh, you've heard the word oral tradition. Uh, that's, you know, there wasn't any Xerox machines or, or recorders back in the day, so they just repeated, 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 repeated until they got it. And so these are some milestones when we read this that they, they, uh, they, they wanted them to remember, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. So let's look at uh, Psalm 126, and I want to read it uh, in responsive. And you've got one of these sheets in front of you, and I'm going to read the first part, and I want you to say, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Don't rush it. What did I say? 136, I'm sorry. Uh, one, <clears throat> one thirty-six. So, so we'll begin. I'm going to read the first part, and then I want you to respond um, uh, in like kind. Ready? Okay. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For His loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the God of gods. For his loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. For his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who alone does great wonders. For his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who made the heavens with skill. For his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who spreads out the earth above the waters. For his loving kindness is everlasting. 
to him who made the great lights. The sun to rule by day. The moon and stars to rule by night. Now we're going in the part that he gives a chronology, so to speak, of the high points of Israel's history. And it was very important to them, not so much to us, but it was very much important to them. And he didn't want them to forget what he had done for them. So beginning in verse 10. To him who smote the Egyptians in their firstborn. For his loving kindness is everlasting. And brought Israel out from their midst. For his loving kindness is everlasting. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm. For his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder. For his loving kindness is everlasting. And made Israel pass through the midst of it. But he overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea. For his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who led his people through the wilderness. For his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who smote great kings. For his loving kindness is everlasting. And slew mighty kings. Sion, king of the Amorites, and Og, the king of Bashan, and gave their land as heritage, even a heritage to Israel his servant, who remembers us in our low estate. And has rescued us from our adversaries. Who gives food to all flesh. Give thanks to the God of heaven. What do you get from that psalm? His loving kindness is everlasting. When we've thought about, you know, the Psalms that we've thought about, about the Lord's glory and the creation and everything that we've come up to this point, looking at the 23rd Psalms, and we'll look at Psalms 24 in just a minute and 25. Um, you can't outgive God. You just simply can't outgive him. He loves us. He loves us more than we love ourselves. And most of us love ourselves pretty good. But his loving kindness is everlasting. Okay. Now let's go to Psalms 25. Now, in Velta's notes, and I'm going to pick 
pick up with something Art did in with Psalm 23. Uh, and as I said in the notes, you know, my, my Bible says it's a prayer of protection, guidance, and pardon. You may, may say nothing, and that's, that's a publisher's note, as we said. This is a Psalm of David, or attributed to him. And, uh, and there are a lot of things in here that, that speak to us. So I'm going to read, we're going to read the psalm, and then I want you to come back and pick out any verse or verses that, that it might have spoken to you, whether it's from, from Scripture or from, from uh, something that uh, you've uh, been through in your life, and we'll go from there. And if we don't get finished today... Um, We'll finish next week, but we'll see how this goes. All right, let's just read Psalms 25. Oh, let me back up uh, to Psalms 24. Uh, it kind of goes into it, beginning with verse 7, which is a tremendous thing. Uh, Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Psalm 25. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Do not let me be ashamed. Do not let my enemies exult over me. Indeed, none of those who wait for you will be ashamed. Those who deal treacherously without cause will be ashamed. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in the truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and your loving kindness, for they have been from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your loving kindness, remember me. For your goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in justice. And he teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are loving kindness and truth. To those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. Who is the man who fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way he should choose. His soul will abide in prosperity, and his descendants will inherit the land. 
The secret of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he will make known his covenant. My eyes are continually toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. Turn to me and be gracious, for I am lonely and afflicted. The trouble of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Look upon my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sin. Look upon my enemies, for they are many, and they hate me with a violent hatred. Guard my soul and deliver me. Do not let me be ashamed, for I take refuge in you. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all its troubles. Justin, I forgot to get that mic out. Would you get it out and we'll pass it around? There's several things in here that spoke to me, but I want to hear it from you. Uh, like I said in the note, and we've proved it, uh, you teach class a whole lot better than Art and I do. So um, anybody, Justin will bring you the mic and uh, uh, speak about anything in what we read, we'll go from there. Anybody? Go ahead, David. And I'm going back to Psalms 136. We were repeating his loving kindness. It was easy to start with to emphasize the loving kindness. But as we kept reading and kept responding, my focus was turned to his loving kindness. Because it's all about him. Exactly. And, and sometimes it's easy to look at the attributes of God and not focus on him. Thank you. I noticed a couple of verses in uh, these talking about do not be ashamed. And uh, I think of the verses back in, uh, in Peter where uh, we don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, so we as ambassadors and Christians uh, just need to move forward and not be ashamed of the gospel. Great. Anyone? Sharon? Right here. Oh, you got one over there? Right here. In Psalm 25, verse 7, do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions, and it's that, that God forgives everything, and we will bring up our past to ourselves, or Satan will, but God never remembers that. He, when he forgives us of something, it's gone. And I think as humans, we tend to not remember that, but he remembers it. It's a great verse. Aren't we all glad that he doesn't remember what we've done as a young stupid person you know sometime um, and Sharon's 100% on the devil uses two two tools fear and guilt he comes back and said well you remember what you did but as she mentioned it's it's somewhere else anybody Bill yeah 
I remember, well, I, I'm, going over, I'm going with verse number seven, Sharon. It, uh, I, I'm glad we didn't have internet back when I was young. <laughs> there had been all over the, been all over the media, you know what I mean? <laughs> I done a lot of stupid stuff when I was young. I was 25 before I got saved. And uh, with God, he's forgiven me of all this stuff. Tremendous. And you know, it's not just when we're youth, you know, yeah. it's, it's throughout our whole lives. So let me rephrase that. It's throughout our whole lives, not just when we're young and stupid. Or we could be old and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else, please? David? Uh, verse 2 uh, talks about trust in verse 22. Verse 2 talks about trust, and verse 22 talks about troubles. And Nahum 1 7 says, The Lord is good. He is a stronghold in the day of trouble. And uh, he knows who are those who trust in him. Thank you. And if you uh, it talks about mining somewhere in the Bible, mining for gold. So, if I had never read the whole Bible, I would have never known that scripture verse in Nahum 1 7. Just like a little piece of gold in the bunch of script that might be difficult to understand. I'm looking at verse 21. May integrity and uprightness protect me because my hope, Lord, is in you. And it just makes me think about the trials and the things that happen to us, how we're attacked here on earth, whether it be things at work, legal things, even something as simple as a speeding ticket. It's just our own integrity and uprightness is what's going to pull us out of those things when we stick to our beliefs. And again, what's right and what's wrong. Because it's sometimes hard to stand up for that. But in the long run, we may not see it to begin with, but in the long run, that's what it actually protects us. Thank you, Kathy. Jim? Bill, I'm glad you started in Psalm 24 because uh, I, I don't recall if we brought this point out. Before David says to lift up my soul, he's challenging the gates to be lifted up and let the king of glory come in. There's a prophetic slant to that that's revealed in Revelation when that eastern gate that they never used and Islamic folks have, have walled it up. I think it's walled up to this day, that eastern gate is. He's not coming in through this gate. Revelation says the Mount of Olives is gonna split east to west, right down the middle, and I, just about bet it's going to slip right through that center of the eastern <laughs> gate. He's going to come marching in, <laughs> unaided, uh, the victor over what apparently will be millions of people amassed against them just before the kingdom age. And he'll be victor without anything but a word being spoken. Thank you. It's amazing. Bill, you're talking about repetition. Uh, 
repetition is a great teacher. I remember when I was in uh, Bible school, probably five or six years old, our teacher had us all remember and learn the hundredth psalm. And so I'm 83 years old and I still remember it word for word. Yeah. In verse uh, 18, look upon my affliction and my distress and take away all my sins. See how my enemies have increased and how fiercely they hate me. Guard my life and rescue me. Let me not be put to shame for I take refuge in you. I take this to mean when we do have trials that come our way, sometimes we tend to lash out in, uh, in revenge or defend ourselves to the point where we're taking somebody else down because of it. But if we just stick with God's <coughs> word and let God take care of our troubles without us letting the devil use that trouble out of our mouth, then he'll take care of us. Hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone else? You need to help me now. Bill, there's another part I like. It, it starts in verse 4. But David prays, show me your ways. Lord, teach me your paths. Uh, lead me in your truth. Teach me. Be the God of my salvation. Picks it up again in verses uh, 8 and 9. Good and uprights the Lord. He will teach sinners in the way. The meek will he guide in justice, and the meek will be taught his way. It's a good place to start Bible study to pray for him to enlighten us because there's a lot of hard things that we don't quite pick up on until we ask him to reveal those things to us. It's a good way to start. What do you want me to learn from this? Okay, go ahead, Rebecca. I love the Psalms anyway. They brought me up through a lot of hard, hard times. But um, I like four. Make me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day. And you know how stupid we are. And we want to do our way. I want to do my way, but I won't. One time I, I, I had to say to somebody, what do you want to do? And I said what I wanted to do, but then I had the good sense to say, but I know I want what the Lord wants me to do. So he told me what the Lord wants me to do, and that probably saved a lot of pain. So, I 
Anybody else? Well, let's go back to verse 1 and we'll, we'll look at it. Thank you, Justin. And, uh, as it's been said here, oh my God, in you I trust. Let me not be ashamed. It's already been articulated and we need to know that. We know the Lord's compassion and His loving kindness is in verse 6 as we've already looked at. Verse 10 again, all the paths of the Lord are loving kindness and truth to those who could keep His covenant and His testimonies. For your sake, O oh Lord. From the Israelites' point of view, this was their downfall that they did not keep his testaments and did not keep his covenants and therefore he left them and yet on this side of the cross the Lord is, knows us and loves us and is with us and I'm grateful for that. And uh, it's not a bunch of laws that we need to keep. But if we're faithful to do what he tells us to do, we can continue to have his blessings. Verse 11, as we've talked, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. And all of us can go there. Bill? Yes. Um, on that same verse, for the sake of your name, forgive my iniquity. I always want God to forgive me for me, but really, He needs to. I need to ask for forgiveness so that my testimony for Him is not hurt. So it's for His name that I need forgiveness, not for mine. Right. David said that in Psalms 51, which we'll get to one day. Anybody else? Okay. Well, um, let's, uh, let's finish out, continue with verse 12 here. Uh, who is the man who fears the Lord? He who instructs him in the way that he should choose. We have been told that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And who is the man who fears the Lord? It's he who instructs him in his way. Verse 14. The secret of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he will make them know his covenant. Verse 15. My eyes are continually toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. My eyes are continually before the Lord. That convicts me because mine aren't always. Verse 16, 
turn to me and be gracious to me for I am lowly, lonely and afflicted. We start out with to you O Lord I lift up my soul and it's been said verse 22 says O God redeem me out of all my troubles and I think that's that's what we all want. Any other comments on these two psalms that we've looked at this morning? I'll just share something from, from the devotional this morning uh, out of Isaiah. David mentions here several times uh, afflictions and, and grief that he's gone through. But Isaiah says it's just for a moment. Those kinds of things, those judgments... The, the anger of the Lord, his wrath, is just for a moment by comparison to eternity that we'll spend with him and the, the, the faithful followers of Israel uh, will we'll spend with him as well. A moment lasted dozens, in some cases hundreds of years, but it's nothing. I've been hooked on uh, YouTube for a while, you know that. The last little bit I've been been listening to a lot of Dr. David Jeremiah. And he's rung my bell on several things and picking up on what you said here about eternity. You know, uh, if we, we talked about it when we talked about heaven, We're so anchored to this world and the time we have here uh, that we don't fully comprehend what eternity is. Uh, and as we've said then, and Dr. Jeremiah reiterated it, that if we really knew what was in store for us, we'd be running over one another to get there. Uh, but like the old joke goes uh, I'm not ready to get on the bus right now <laughs> so alright we'll pick up another psalm next week and I'll let you know in Velta's or Velta will when her, her notes come out I'm not I'm not sure where I'm going to go next week but we'll we'll do something so let's uh Let's remember 